Central Show, a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I am your program host, Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard. You want to jump in on the show tonight? It's your prerogative. You want to bring something to me, either through the phone or the email, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. It is the third Tuesday of the month, if you can believe it. Quarter number one of 2020 is almost on its way out. That means 2020 is rapidly coming to a close. And when you thought I was kidding at the beginning of last month, you can quickly see that we will be entering in to March very shortly. That will close out Q1. We will be into Q2, and it's only a matter of time before we are doing a best of 2020 after that. Coming up in about 14 minutes from now, maybe a little less, he is the regular third Tuesday of the month guest, a barbecue hall of famer. No one has written more live fire books based on the industry than he has. He has a degree in French literature. He is a star of TV, not only here in the States, but in Canada and in Italy as well, just to name a few others. But more than that, person I love to get thoughts and takes from when it comes to this industry. I am talking about Stephen Reichlin, of course, from the Barbecue Bible, barbecuebible.com is website. You can follow him on social media as well. He's into that. Then after Stephen, 35 past, we will be joined by the other the other the other third Tuesday of the month regular guest, the creator of the grillgirl.com website, social media maven. And live fire cooking enthusiast Robin Lindars will be joining me. A couple different things to talk about Robin with. Of course, last month, if you were a fan of the show and you listened, either live or through podcast, she was making her way down to Orange Beach. Is that what it is? Somewhere in, where is it? Is it Alabama? Is the shed in Alabama? She was making her way out to the shed. There was going to be a State Cook-Off Association event. There was also going to be ancillary cocktail events. I believe 
her dad, baby Robin. There was also talk of Papa Shed, Greg Orson. There was a uh, Craig Orson, and there was also talk of Johnny Joseph being on the team. There was pretty high level elite steak cooking prowess that was going to be forming a team down there at the shed. Robin documenting. We'll check to see if she actually took part in any of the steak cooking portion. She did document something that was an American tragedy, and she documented it full tilt. We'll talk to her about that as well, but I will leave that as a tease. Most of you know what I'm talking about. And then we will, and then actually, Robin has a special announcement here on this show. So we'll be talking about her special announcement before we close it out with her. That will also close the first hour. We'll move to the second hour. First time guest and the director of quality research and development from a company called Danson's. Now, if you're not familiar with Danson's, maybe you've heard of such cookers as Pit Boss or Louisiana Grills or one that I hadn't heard of, but they're out there, Country Smokers. And that's just the cooking line. There's also what appears to be an outdoor line of some sort. That's right. Danson's makes all of that big company, and the uh, research and development and quality manager will be joining me. He's a first-timer to the show. His name is Andrew Coster, and he will be joining me from Phoenix, Arizona, or at least Arizona, maybe not Phoenix, but Arizona for sure. So looking forward to getting to know Andrew a little bit. And then 35 past the second hour, it's tough to say. We might have a special guest. There is invitation out. I don't have confirmation on that guest, so I don't want to go ahead and spoil it or think that I'm trying to tease you with something and then all the while know that I really don't have a closeout or a bullpen guest. But the invite is out. There have been reissues of, hey, it's still open, so we'll see if that comes together. If not, more than happy to have you call in or depending on how Andrew was going, we might hold him over into a second and final segment here into the second hour. So that's what's happening tonight. Your phone calls and emails if you want to get in, 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Don't forget you can follow me socially on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at BBQ Central Show on all of those, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Now, as pineapple mania continues to sweep the country now in its fifth week, I believe. And I meant to show these last week while I was messing around with Meathead replaying the audio. You know, I fooled him last week saying, hey, you're a historian of the show. I host the show. Let me play for you what I think is the most incredible statement ever made on this show. And then, of course, I replayed his audio on the pineapple is the best thing you can ever eat. Of course. I tricked him. He fell for it, hook, line, and sink. But then I also started generating examples of people bringing up pineapple for all low these many weeks since he had mentioned it, again, now five weeks ago. And I meant to bring up this. So this was sent in by a very loyal centralite, Jason Wallace. Now let me go ahead and read you an email. And it says, Greg, you asked for it, so I responded. And he sent pictures, by the way. Subject A, and this is subject A, this madness is a whole pineapple segmented and stacked with layers of pork tenderloin, sausage patties, 
and discs of pineapple smoked in two halves, then skewered together to make this ridiculous picture. By the way, Jason, that's a great picture. Very edible, very lovely, great background, great foreground, wonderful composure. I love everything about it. That's subject A, if you're a pineapple fan. Would you eat it? Again, layers of pork tenderloin, one of my favorite things. Sausage patties, discs of smoked pineapple, and have skewered together. Looks really good. Now, here's subject B. This is one of the favorite dishes to cook and is a hit with anyone that's ever had it. Whole pineapple halved, then carved out, stuffing it with chicken, chorizo, and chunks of pineapple cooked with onion. Uh, You lost me an onion. Red bell pepper, jalapeno, and spices. Then put back into the pineapple bowl on top of the yellow rice, seasoned with black beans. Then cover it with queso cheese, baked briefly to melt the cheese. Oh, my Lord. Jason, you're outdoing yourself in those two pineapple treats. Now, there's no exact recipe other than just saying what he used, but I have to admit, as I look at subject A and subject B, and again, if you're listening on podcast, you're missing out, that's subject A, the pineapple and pork tenderloin and sausage patty tower. This is subject B. I mean, that one looks really good. Like, you could just pick that up and walk around with it like a walking ta- uh, walking taco, but it's a walking pineapple. It looks absolutely, and I'm a huge fan of chorizo and chicken. I love choripollo in my favorite Mexican restaurant. It's one of my favorite dishes as well. So this thing is a winner for me. If I'm choosing subject A, subject B, I choose subject B. Like the popular meme going around says, follow for more recipes. Always enjoy the show, Greg. At JW Cooks on social media, or as we know them here in the States, Jason Wallace, everybody, contributing. Thank you, Jason. And I apologize. I meant to show those to Meathead last week so he could uh, also drool at your pineapple work. But Jason, a loyal fan and taking the actual subject matter and putting rubber to the road. He's like, hey, we're not just going to talk about pineapple. We're going to cook some pineapple. We're going to photograph it. We're going to send it to the show. And maybe, just maybe, I'll get on. And guess what? He's on. Some of you others thought about it, and then you didn't do it. How dare you? Exactly. Why wouldn't you do it? Stephen Reichland is coming up out of the break. I want to talk to all of the folks that are in the business of barbecue, whether you own a restaurant, a food truck, whether you do those silly pop-ups, whatever it is. Have you had or have you made the call to Southside Market and Barbecue? What do you know about them? A few things right off the bat. Established in 1882, Southside Market and Barbecue, the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. Owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Offering premium Central Texas barbecue products, slow smoked over real wood. Shipping, distributing, manufacturing sausages for companies across the U.S. From food trucks to multi-chain restaurants to pop-ups, you name it. Southside Sausage can be on your menu, too, and it can be done quickly. All meats processed in the on-site USDA-inspected facility, a trusted partner with focus on quality, 
and authenticity. Wholesale options are available as well. Shipping nationwide via the FedEx. Food service distribution via Cisco, U.S. Foods, and Martin Foods. Co-packaging capable from research and development to package completion. They can follow your recipes or help you develop something brand new. Private label opportunities available as well. Visit SouthsideMarket.com for more information, won't you? 10% off when you order online when you use code BBQ Central. That's BBQ Central, all one word, lowercase. And the website is SouthsideMarket.com. All right, we are back with Stephen Reichlin, Barbecue Hall of Famer. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rub seasonings, barbecue sauces, and grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood and visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always trust your butcher. Got an order in for more grilling oils myself as we start to ramp up even more outdoor cooking. I'm telling you, the winter has been the best. If it's even been winter, I don't know. Third Tuesday of the month, folks, and you know what that means. A host of TV shows, creator and instructor of the very popular Barbecue University classes, author of the most popular barbecue and grilling books in the history of barbecue and grilling books. We race to the hotline and welcome our friend Stephen Reichlin to the show. Hey, Stephen. Hey, Craig. How are you? Good. Uh, do you have camera availability tonight or just voice? I'm uh, looking at you right now. I'm on my iPhone, so uh, oh. I'm seeing you. I hope you can see me. Well, we can't, but your sound absolutely fabulous. Usually, uh, for some reason, Skype decides to make it a default with not showing the camera, so you have Wait to go let's in. See, and... let's, let's try something here. Nope. Yeah. I see you, huh? and I see myself, so... Not sure why it's not working. All right. Well, we'll see what happens here during the course of the next 12 to 15 minutes or so. Uh, so quick update on the June 2020 Barbecue University, Stephen. Enrollment currently closed, as I saw, because guess what? It's a sellout, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Always popular. Stephen, does this event always sell out? Uh, yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And we're in a new location. Space is limited. Uh but we are taking names for waiting lists. We hope to run a second session in the fall. So if you didn't make it to this one, uh, you know, give your name, sign up either at barbecuebible.com or through the Montage Palmetto Bluffs Resort. And um, hopefully we'll be able to make space for you in the fall. All right, Stephen, let me ask you a question. When it comes to these kind of things, when you, uh, I would assume there's some type of an agreement or a contract with the property, is it part of that understanding that you will be the one providing grills, obviously curriculum, uh, but perhaps most importantly, the marketing to book the classes out, or does the resort also take some type of responsibility in that? 
Well, I bring the grills. Uh, I bring the program. Um, uh, the marketing, you know, it's a joint effort. Uh, I mean, obviously, uh, I have a robust uh, site, and uh, we have a big alumni base. So, actually, the program sold out within about three weeks of our uh, announcing it this year. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, the um, it's a partnership. And I'm really excited about this year because we're in a new part of the country. Uh We've been in Colorado Springs for 12 years, and now we're going to be in the South Carolina Low Country. Uh, so there will be oyster roast. There will be a whole flora and fauna of new foods that uh, I've never, uh, haven't, don't customarily grill with. So um, it's going to be a learning experience for me, new adventure. I'm a water guy. We're right on the May River. In fact, uh, you know, I know in the time off uh, after class, I'm going to be boating and fishing. Hope everybody else will be. When you talk about the um, alumni, that's the word I was looking for. So, for instance, I know one of my unofficial embedded correspondents out there in the Colorado slash Denver area is Dennis Busso. I think he's uh, he is booked for this June's trip. That's going to be a new location yet for him again. I think this makes his fourth trip in a row. Is he one of the more cagey veterans, or are there ones that have way more years of uh, alumnus than him? Uh, you know, we've got one threesome that is, I believe they're going on about their 15th year. 15 years. Yeah. We used to give them, uh, it's it's a funny story. Uh, but we used to give them, you know, first they got their graduate and then we gave them an MA and then a PhD and then a postdoc. (laughs) And, uh, and at first, the first thing it was a guy and a gal and we thought they were a romance and then the uh, couple of years in, the guy came with another woman who became his wife. Oh. Uh, and they're all great friends, and they're just, uh, you know, something we look forward to all year, getting together again. And these are... You know, barbecue, it's, a, it's like a big family, Barbecue University. Yeah, and these are folks that love live fire first, and that's why they're going. And there's also a nice resort, or... They really like the resort, and also there happens to be hanging out time with Stephen Reichlin and upping their barbecue and grilling game. Well, they're certainly uh, big barbecue enthusiasts, but I think they don't mind the 300-count bed linens, uh, Mm. the super luxurious five-star mobile five-diamond surroundings of the resort either. Stephen Reichlin joining me here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website. And as you had mentioned, if you want to get on a, a wait list, you just go to the website and start searching for it there, or is there somebody they should be emailing directly? Uh, either come to barbecuebible.com or call Montage directly. All right. So, actually, you know, you just go to the Barbecue University page on barbecuebible.com and you can get the info. All right. Easy enough. So, last and, month, uh, By the way, yep. if any of your listeners come to the school, I mean, please tell me, introduce yourself and tell me that. I found you uh, through Greg Rempe. I mean, that'll be be very cool. And you'll take pictures so we can document proof that some people are showing up and actually either mentioning my name or the show name or both? Well, we're still hoping to get you. Absolutely. And we're still hoping to get you out one of these days, too. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll eat some caviar together. Yeah, all right. I'm ready to go whenever you are. That'd be great. Now, I owed you the names of a few places here in Cleveland. I think I said it was only two last month. Because uh, one of the things that you were predicting 2020 was not only the continuance of the live fire cooking place and restaurants, but an actual growth in a lot of these restaurants. So we talked about Pickwick and Frolic last month. That was one that I'd mentioned. 
but there's actually two other ones, so a total of three here in the greater Cleveland area. The first one is called Aliyah, and that's in the very restaurant-trendy part of Ohio City in Cleveland. And then the other place is called Sawyer's, which is in Shaker Heights. And yes, I'm sure, Jonathan Sawyer, right? That's the uh, local celeb chef, Jonathan Sawyer, who runs that place. Uh, Both are using that open-style fire of cooking. So if you're keeping an active list or places that you wanted to run to to check that out when you get into Cleveland, we'll want to add both of those. And uh, that's, um, uh, I really think, uh, or or at least I tend to agree with you that that is going to be, uh, whether you're seeing a grill works type of a thing or or maybe something folks are fashioning themselves or having a local fabricator make, those are things you're going to be seeing coming into the restaurant space. Absolutely. Uh, More and more, uh, you know, live fire. It's funny. We started as a species. We started cooking over a wood fire. And now the more sophisticated we get, the more complicated and digital our world gets. You know, the more and more we're we're kind of turning back to live fire. Stephen, when we talk about live fire, there's obviously smoke. And a portion of smoking is something that we call cold smoking. Now, I'm pretty adept at traditional barbecue temperatures or, you know, lower into the 180s or so, uh, or a warm smoke versus a hot smoke. We can start getting into the minutiae there. But cold smoke is something uh, a little bit different. And I don't think we've spent or given a lot of time here on this show when you've been on before. So if you don't mind, if we could carve out a little bit of time here to talk about cold smoking and what when you would want to use it, uh, best practices uh, and or best dishes that cold smoking would work well. And I know there's cheese, but there's got to be a bunch of other stuff. Well, first of all, if you love Nova Scotia-style salmon the way I do or Irish-style salmon, uh, it is cold smoked. If you love smoked cheese, it is cold smoked. If you love beef jerky, it is cold smoked. So cold smoking, very uh, valuable, uh, very important and Important technique to know. And in a nutshell, with cold smoking, what you're doing is you're smoking the food but not cooking it. So that is extremely useful in the case of something like cheese, where if you cook it, it melts. It is extremely uh, delicious with something like salmon, where if you're cold smoking it, you're laying on a layer of smoke. It's usually coupled with curing in a brine or in a salt and sugar rub. But the fish, in effect, remains raw. So you get that soft, velvety sushi-like consistency but with the sweet salty brine flavor and the smoke that we associate with barbecue it's a really wonderful wondrous combination and you'll find salt smoking uh cold smoking discussed in my book uh project smoke and also nancy uh lowski my uh, my fearless assistant who is your neighbor lives uh, out there in cleveland yep. is writing a blog on cold smoking that will run in this on this Friday's uh, blog page on barbecuebible.com. Oh, so we could maybe have her in for uh, uh, outside of your Thursday visit. We could have her in on a cold smoking expert visit. You know what? I'd love for you to have Nancy on. Yeah. And not only that, but Nancy has just written her first book. It's a book on pellet smokers, healthy pellet smoking, smoking on uh, pellet smokers. Hmm. It's going to be out this spring. You should definitely get her on for that. All right. So last month uh, we we agreed. Well, we didn't agree, but you said you were not taking a poo poo on pellet cookers. But we agreed that pellet cookers, uh, perhaps, did we agree that pellet cookers were really going to see quite a, a surge in popularity in twenty twenty? 
We said they were going to be the hot, the, the yes. fastest growing segment of the grill market. Right. Absolutely. Now, in Nancy's book, and she can come on and, and talk about it, and you talk about a healthy pellet grill. What does that mean? Uh, well, I think Nancy's, uh, you know, I think the whole principle, the whole beauty of a pellet smoker or any smoker is you're putting in a ton of flavor, uh, that is wood smoke, uh, without having to add fat. And think about how do you get flavor? Well, one way is you use a lot of fat in your meat or you deep fat fry mm -hmm. or you cook with a lot of butter. But when you smoke, and especially in a pellet grill, you don't need to add a lot of fat. So that is healthy. I think Nancy's going to be emphasizing vegetables. Well, that was another one of my predictions for this year. Uh, vegetables a big deal. So that's, that's another piece of it. Uh, Stephen Reichland joining us here on the show, barbecuebible.com, his website. One of the other items that I wanted to talk to you about this evening is this thing, what I consider to be one of my favorite things on earth, and that is something that we don't really talk a lot about, or at least I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. That's Canadian bacon, especially delicious on eggs of all kinds, at least in my opinion. Some will contend that perhaps it's not bacon at all. It's a ham. So before I ask you how we make it at home, let's get the true definition of Canadian bacon. Because, Stephen, you are a beloved Canadian, more French Canadian than maybe regular Canadian, if that's even a thing. But Canadian nonetheless, let's talk about Canadian bacon and what it is. So Canadian bacon is a brine-cured pork loin, okay? Not belly, uh, pork belly like uh, our bacon, but it's a pork loin. And uh, it, it, these days it's always smoked. But in times gone by, Canadian bacon, they called it pea bacon. It would be brine-cured, cooked, and then crusted with ground pea meal, and that is true, the original Canadian bacon. These days, uh, it is brined, it is cured, and then it is smoked. It's cooked fully. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's a, th think of it as a sort of a, like a low-fat bacon because it's loin, it's pure meat. Uh, super easy to make at home, super delicious. And you are right, so much you can do with it. Thinly sliced, goes into your scrambled eggs, uh, you can smoke it, then grill it. You can pan fry it, uh, arrange it on pizza with slices of uh, grilled pineapple, uh, or just simply eat it out of hand. There does seem to be quite a fight going on these days across the Internet, Stephen. If pineapple has a place on pizza, you're obviously a yes on pizza guy. Well, let's say that when I was a young man, possibly <laughs> under the influence of what back then was uh, – controlled substances, uh, I would eat a, uh, a pineapple and uh, Canadian bacon pizza from time to time. Sure. It is not something I'm likely to do now that I'm older and wiser. However, uh, my tent is big enough to accommodate pizzas of all different topics. But, but there's a tenth circle of hell for people that boil hot dogs. How dare you? Really? <laughs> yeah, I got to agree that. <laughs> I got to agree with that. Um. I uh, I don't know like I so uh I forget if we had briefly touched on it last month but uh, Meathead said that you know pineapple was like the best thing to come off the grill and then somehow we got into the pizza talk and there were a lot of people were totally 100% against pineapple going on pizza and I know we like to flex our opinions and uh we're all friends after the fact at least we are here on this show 
But I don't see anything wrong with dropping pineapple on pizza. It's delicious. It's definitely not the best thing that's ever come off the grill. I will definitely argue that until I lose my life. But I think pineapple on pizza, depending on what else you have on it, is a delicious thing. And nobody should be looking to make anybody feel bad about that. I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, you know, think about it. Pineapple, sweet and acidic. Canadian bacon, uh, salty and sweet. Mm. Yin and yang. You know, I'm okay with it. What type of a time commitment are we at with Canadian bacon? Is this like a weak brine or a weak brine no, and cure? No, actually, because, because it's a smaller, you know, it's smaller than a, a, a pork belly, uh, you can get away with a three or four day brine. Mm. Particularly if you inject while you're brining, uh, you know, the second day inject some of the brine into the center. And then it's a much shorter smoke, of course, too. Uh, and it's uh, not a cold, you know, it's a, it's a hot smoke. So you're, you're cooking the meat as well as uh, smoking it. And you're taking it up to like a traditional 140 or 165? I think you want to go a little higher. I mean, for me, I would, I would take it up to 160. But, you know, what's interesting is the Canadian bacon that you buy in the supermarket, particularly the inexpensive Canadian bacon, it's been shot full of water. Sometimes it's even, you mm. look at it, it doesn't even look like it has a meat. It looks like it's somehow been compressed, aggregated with chopped up meat. And it is nothing like a glorious, if you start with a big, beautiful, glorious pork loin and cure it and smoke it. It is nothing like that. Stephen, last thing I wanted to talk to you about this evening, always appreciate the time. You have a new book that you are piecing together at this point. You can tell us where you're at stage-wise, but it is a vegetable grilling book. So as we talked about vegetables on pellet cookers with Nancy's latest release or uh, to-be-release, you're doing a whole book on grilling vegetables with ties in with the whole 2020 vegetable deal. Yeah, it's actually called Grilling Green, and vegetable is a large part of it, but uh, also grilled cheese, grilled eggs, grilled bread, uh, grilled fruit, desserts. Um, you know, it's I call it a mostly meatless grill book, and by that I would say that about 10% of the recipes do contain meat. Most don't. Many are vegan friendly, many are vegetarian friendly, many are vegetable side dishes that would uh, would enhance and ennoble any fantastic grilled steak or ribs. Uh, but also these dishes can also double as a main course themselves. Hmm. So, you know, I mean, let's face it, barbecue world uh, 2020 is not the same that it was in 1990 or 2000 or 2010. And we all are more conscious of our own health the health of the planet. And I, you know, I venture to say I do a lot of public speaking and even in places like Texas and Kansas City, people come up to me and after and say, yeah, thanks. That's something I want to see. I want to incorporate more vegetables into my diet. When we've talked about you putting together other books like the brisket book or Project Fire, Project Smoke, uh, there was the the man's uh, dating food book guy that was out there a couple of years ago. Uh, that, that was called, uh, yeah, Man-Made Food. Man-Made Food, that's right. Um, it often entails you taking trips and uh, traveling the uh, the barbecue trail, as you've said. Uh, what about this one? Do you do you get to stay more local? Is it just a lot of trial and error at home or, or wherever you're at the year? How does it come together? Oh no, a lot of travel. In mm. fact, you know, I've spent the last two years traveling crisscrossing the United States and Europe and Asia, and uh, in search of uh, recipes for the book. But uh, what was interesting is that. 
I, the, you know, barbecue, garden, barbecuing and grill guy, uh, I'd say many of the restaurants I visited this year were actually vegetarian or vegan. So, uh, that was, that was kind of a, that was kind of a different, you know, I'd come in with a a fake beard and a hat pulled down (laughs) over my head, you know, dark glasses to, uh, to be incognito. Do we have a projected release of the grilling green? Yeah, it'll be May 2021. So we're a little over a year away from release on that one. Yeah, uh, and I'm I'm at the process now. The book is mostly written, so uh, and there's sort of three things that happen to it. So Nancy, my Nancy Lowski in uh, Cleveland, is in the process of going through it uh, page by page, recipe by recipe, doing a careful proofread, making it consistent. Then we've got teams of recipe testers. Uh, testing the recipes, because I always like to have people other than myself test the recipes. In fact, if any of your listeners are interested in becoming recipe testers, you get your name in the book. Uh, you know, contact me through uh, through Barbecue Central. Uh, and then there will be a photo session that will happen a, bit, a little bit later on in the year. So it's a big, you know, I've done it 31 times, and uh, I'd like to say it gets easier, but it's <laughs> it's it's a big job. Oh, no doubt about it, and I'm sure there's a lot of uh, well-learned and tried processes that uh, happen regardless of whatever the subject matter is just to make it go easily. So we'll be on the lookout for that one and continue to promote it as it gets a little bit closer. That's May 2021, so we got a little bit on that. And we are talking with Stephen Reichlin. He's the third Tuesday of the month regular guest. He is a barbecue Hall of Famer. And you will find him here next month as we start closing out quarter number one. Stephen, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much. Hey, thank you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. You got it. There he is, Stephen Reichlin, right there on the Barbecue Central Show hotline. Talking about grilling green. He said it. That's right. It's a thing this year, grilling green. I think when we talked about it last time, he also had talked. All right. He'd also mentioned the term vegetable charcuterie. And I'm not going to make any bold statements here on this show, but I believe vegetable charcuterie was founded right here in Cleveland, Ohio. That's right. We have Robin Lindars coming up out of the brink. Before we get to her, I will talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. The one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. They have great rubs and spices. The Big Papa Spices and Rubs. 13 perfectly balanced flavors transforming ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for your family and friends, Big Papa Smokers award-winning rubs and seasonings don't disappoint. They also have a great relationship with Steph Franklin and the folks over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put Big Papa and Simply Marv together. You have the West Coast offense, and it wins a lot. They also own a barbecue sauce. So if you're tired of what's always out there and you haven't tried Granny's barbecue sauce, you might want to give that one a try. It might be something you find you love right away. Also, aside from the great rubs, the great sauces, they're selling other things. Accessories, yes. Other people's rubs aside from those two, yes. How about if you're looking for a cooker, you check out that Mac Two-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's the exclusive Mac dealer offering special packages that nobody across the internet can offer. Mention the Barbecue Central Show. If you're not a fan of pellet smokers, fine. 
You ever thought about the Old Hickory Ace BP? Did you know it's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer? That's right. If you're not sure of what grill you need, don't fret. Call them. Ask your questions. They'll help you out. 877-828-0727 or shop the website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. We return with Robin Lindars, the Grill Girl. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. This portion of the show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. By the way, if you love podcasts, Chris Becker and the gang over at Cooking Pellets have offered up a brand new podcast. Now, be wary. If you're going to search for it, run it all together. Cooking pellets. C-O-O-K-I-N pellets. All one word. Otherwise, you're just going to sit there and meander and all the search things. So run cooking pellets together as one word and then podcast with a space in the middle of it. And then you can check out Chris Becker's new podcast offering. And uh, Tim and two or three other guys, I think, work with the company. So if you're into that kind of a thing, you know, check it out. There's a little, te- there's some technical issues that I'm going to have to talk Chris about offline like uh, volume level and you know some other hosting things that I think I'm a pretty freaking great host right now and I'm able to let my knowledge base spread around. I'm not going to hold that. Now that I'm near the end of life, you know, I'm here to spread the knowledge out. I'm not here to hoard it like I was in the middle of my life. Anyway, the other third Tuesday of the month regular guest is the creator of grillgirl.com, Robin Lindars. Hey. Hey, Greg. How are you? I am good. How are you? Happy Doing, February. Yeah, happy February. And we are almost through it. That is totally not the right picture. But Look at me. I've gotten, look at my beard. It's getting so long. I know. There you are. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Okay. Wow. thought you were Stephen Reichland for a second. I always get you too confused. So uh, we just had uh, Valentine's Day. Is that a big thing in your house or no? I mean, I don't make a huge deal out of it. And I think everyone is like, oh, we need to go out to dinner or do something. I mean, I think Valentine's Day is when you don't go out. Yeah. You That's when you have the opportunity to hang out and cook something nice. Um, because no one wants to deal with those prefix menus. But, well, I, you know, we, we always grill something nice. I, I think grilling is like the standard. So We were you know. out of town Friday. So that was Valentine's Day down in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm telling you, for as much as on this show we talk about don't go out, the majority of people are not taking our advice and they are cramming into every last restaurant, as you said, prefix this or limited menu that or whatever. And it's just unbelievable. We had to wait two hours just to eat in the freaking hotel. I mean, Ugh. it was outrageous, and I just wanted to not eat and go to bed, but, you know, wife and kids complaining about being hungry, so we had to gut it out. But nevertheless, um, we have some pretty cool things to talk about. Last month, you were uh, teasing that you were going down to the shed, and there was going to be some type of SCA event. So 
How did it end up happening? Who were on teams? What were final places? How did it shake out? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't do a ton of competitions, but um, we did the first stake, uh, the Shed Stake Showdown last year, and it was just so much fun. And this year, it's it's now grown into being like the second largest stake competition. In the um, country? For the SDA. Yeah, oh, in the were. country, because... Um, wow. Like this year they had like 200 teams. And I think a lot of it what? is that. Yeah. And wow. um, some of the really, you know, big players, but I think a lot of it is that they just at the shed, I mean, it's, they just throw a great party and they make it such a good time. Um, it's just, it's like the, it's like part of it's in the experience, you know, cause I've done um, a couple local events and they're very different than this because um, you got all the heavyweights coming out and, um, you know, in the shed, if they're going to do something, they're going to do it well. Right. Mm. So they really sweeten the pot with all these really kick-ass prizes, you know, Yeti and Camp Chef and Green Mountain Grills. There are a lot of like really great prizes in addition to cash. Um, and then, you know, of course, the Friday night before the actual competition, they do a big crawfish boil with beer sponsors and um, king cake. And then they bring in like, you know, a band and then they have like a, um, what's not a jazz band, but you know, the, the style they do in New Orleans, like bluesy kind of thing. I forgot what it's called, but um, then they bring them through like on the day of the competition. So it's really kind of just like such a fun experience. It's like hard not to go, Um, Mm -hmm. you know? So uh, through doing Memphis in May for the past like eight years, we've gotten my dad and my, and myself, we've gotten very close with the shed family, like mama and papa shed. So when we go, we stay with mama and papa shed. And so we were actually on. We stay at their house. Yes. Wow. Look at you. Dad and mom, I mean, dad and mom are like, they might have been related in a past life. Like they just stay up giggling and making silly jokes. And I just love their family so much. Um, like I love mama and Papa shed. So, so me and dad and Papa shed were on a team this year and Papa shed had never been, or Craig or Papa shed had never been on a, a, like a team before, but, um, you know, we decided what the heck, why not? And he had actually taken Robert Irwin's little class that he did because Robert Irwin is the guy that won, the um the competition last year and um you know he took johnny joseph's class so we were like hey let's see let's see how this works and we finished in like the top 50 percent. i mean we didn't kill it but we had fun you know um and it was it was just a good time i'll just say that you know like um what was kind of interesting is that um I don't, I don't think Robert, no, he placed, I think in the top 10, but it was, um, it was actually Johnny Joseph that won this year. Well, wasn't and, there, wasn't, uh, was it on the second day or, or the second, whatever, there was a three-way tie. Wasn't, uh, killer hogs part of that, or didn't he win one of the days or something like that? Uh, a whale and yeah. Reed. Yes. So yeah. Malcolm Reed's brother who actually also won the steak, um, the steak competition at the world food champs was, uh, he was tied. And so um, what, what's also interesting about the shed is that they do the competition a little bit differently is that they do stake a and stake B. And so you have more chances to win, but then they take the winners of that to compete against each other in like a final cook-off. So what they've done is they've added this whole kind of like um, live cook-off element to the actual award ceremony because they announce the winners and then immediately after they have to go and compete against each other in like a competition. And so then, 
So then, you know, so I don't know if you guys saw my live stream, but I live streamed some of that on Instagram. And then they also had the guys who did Turkey do a cook-off and they called it like the cage battle or something like that. Because, you know, Brad is like, he's just so damn funny. And they made him like battle it out in the cage. (laughs) Like steel cage, like WWF. That's what it was. And he he literally had a steel cage. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, did the winner get a uh, one of those big ass gold belts and everything? Yeah, he oh. did get a big ass belt. Of course, yes. <laughs> True wrestling, great. And so it was just like a lot of fun. Um, and then they had they had like some celebrity judges there. Like, um, who is that funny artist guy that um, he owns a couple restaurants in Kansas City, but he does Memphis in May. What's his name? Like. Sketch, sketch, um, stretch, stretch, stretch was one, stretch, and yeah. he's funny. He gets up there, he's wearing like a cape. I mean, it's just like his hair you, is out of control too. I mean, by the way, I should never be talking about hair, but his hair is out of control. I yeah, it was just it's just like the experience. It's just so fun, and they have just a great ex- a place a great place to have an event because they're right on the bayou. So it really you can have a lot of people right there with their campers and everything. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I'm going to continue to do it just for the experience and just to see my barbecue family. But my main goal, honestly, was to just capture the event because it's just so fun. So like going back this year, I was like, I knew I wanted to really get like a ton of coverage of the Bloody Mary turn-ins, which as you saw, were just freaking off the chain. <laughs> okay, Robin, look, will you please join me in admonishing of these tools who took part in that Bloody Mary contest? I mean... Competition barbecue is a laughing at Bloody Mary contest. I mean, that's how crazy this is. I got let's scoff at them together. How dare you? That's right. I mean, it was outrageous, Rob. You have to admit, as you are live streaming oh, yeah. that nightmare of a competition, how many hundreds of pounds of food was wasted? How many countries oh, yeah. that are small and barely holding it together socially, politically, and otherwise? could have feasted on the waste of Bloody Mary food probably for the next seven or ten years if they had some way to keep it right. It's ridiculous. It's not a friggin' contest. I hate it. If the Shed knew what was right, they would stop. They would lead the charge against these ridiculously garnished Bloody Mary contests and just make people turn in a freaking Bloody Mary drink. And I get they give, you know, the thing that they actually taste. But fuck all that. All that crazy stuff is ridiculous. And you have to agree. Otherwise, that's it for you. So you better agree. I do agree. Thank and, you. Uh, You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> well, what Thank was funny is that um, I have gotten to know a lot of the people that uh, were judging the Bloody Mary. and Because I actually took the judging class Thursday night. That was my goal to going to the event, too, is just to get my judging credential. Because I, now I can judge for events, but also for someone who's competing, like you might as well really understand all like everything, the rules and everything, just so you have a better understanding when you turn something in, what the judges are looking for. Um, So I did talk to a lot of the people who actually judge the event. And the thing is, is that people are so focused on the garnish that they're not focusing on the drink itself. That's what that's what a lot of people were telling me. Um, And so, you you know, you have a turn in for the Bloody Mary um, and you have one that's like the decorated one with the garnish. And then you have the other one that's the one they actually taste. And then they pour it into a, like a little shot glass and everybody takes a little sip. Right. Which, you know, those judges were pretty, had to be kind of uh, buzzed by the time they judged like 
eight Bloody Marys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, that actually sounds like a pretty fun one to judge. But uh, so but it's, you know, when it comes to actually tasting it, you know, I just don't think people are putting a lot of time and effort into that. And that's really what it should come down to. It's obvious that. The major- whether anybody's going to admit it or not, and I know I'm right because I can see the monstrosities that are being turned in mm-hmm. on the table. I mean, if part of the rule is the thing can't tip over if you set it down, that means you are loading that stuff to the guilds. Like, you've probably spent time figuring out exactly, okay, this is my drink holder. This is the drink weight. Now, how much can I scientifically pack on this thing? And that's what's being rewarded. That's why every week these things seem to be getting more and more out of hand. Okay, different if you're a restaurant, maybe that's your gimmick thing on Sundays and people are coming in hungover, whatever. But contests like this, this is where it all spins out of control. Now, let me tie this back into the steak competition. What steak won? Did it look like a steak or did it look like a round puck that had grill grate grill marks on it? It... It you know at the end of the day it starts to look like a little football that's perfect and um, a lot of times it doesn't look like I mean oh. you know we've got, we've totally gotten away from what it is I mean why can't the steak look like a steak why do we have to tie around it and cut all the shit off around it and uh, the last four steaks I've seen win SCA events are like circles it's the eye of the ribeye they've taken everything else away it looks like a ham it's weird. Why don't they? Why don't they look like steaks anymore, Robin? Come on! No, well, that's the thing is, once you turn it into a competition, it kind of everything t- turns into this like who can it, be more yeah. weird than the next, and then all of a sudden that wins. So now we conform to what that weird is. It, you know, and that's I also, think, I mean, I took the judging class. They say it's not the, the you know it, appearance is part of it, but it's not everything. But you have to think like. If you get one stick that doesn't have char marks and one that has perfect char marks from a visual perspective, would you give the one with char marks higher, higher score, you know? Um, so, you know, it, it, judging is never perfect either. All right. We're off of it because I could just go on and on about it. you have a major. It is a, fun event. it is a fun event. I mean, if anyone's thinking of getting into the state cookoffs, I think they're I think it's a really cool organization. And it's really cool to see lots of kids getting into it and lots of females getting into it. Are so. you going to NBBQA in Louisville? I don't know. We'll see. I'm actually not a member of NBBQA. Probably Who should. is? Um, well, so but it is, uh, our friends at. Pit Barrel are, I think, a sponsor, and they're having their anniversary event there, too. So I would like to go just because I'd love to see my Pit Barrel friends. And I will plug them right now and say that you can vote for them to get an Amex um, small business grant. They're up in the running. So right. uh, I'm going to – so they're just good people. So I would make a trip to Louisville for them just to – and I'm sure I didn't pronounce it right. Louisville. Louisville. Um, just, to, just to see my friends from Pit Barrel. All right. Stand by for this. Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. That's right, Greg Rampey reporting from the breaking news desk in Cleveland, Ohio, as we race back out to middle Florida. Are you middle Florida now, Rob? Is that what it is? Middle? I'm, I'm still South Central. Florida. I'm South, South, South Florida. As we go to South Florida for uh, Robin with GrillGirl.com for a major announcement. What? What do you mean? I just set you up for the big announcement of your big thing. 
oh, oh, I thought you wanted me to talk about whatever I just brought. Okay, I just had a brain fart. I'm sorry. Just such a blonde moment. So my big announcement is... No offense um, to the blondes, by the way. (laughs) Well, I'm not a natural blonde. So anymore, at least I don't think I am. So um, I am launching something very cool on my site that I've been working on for a little bit. Um, And it's big news to me. Not everyone will think it's big. But I'm coming out with... I'm calling it a barbecue calculator, meaning you plug your protein in and it'll tell you minimal internal temperature and optimal wood pairing. So how many times have you ever been like, ah, shit, what is the minimal temperature that I need to hit for, you know, pork? 135, 135. Right. But like, do you remember venison or quail or, you know, whatever? So I've launched that or it's coming soon. So anytime you have a question, you can just plug it in. Um, Is this going to be a site-based calculator or are you in development of an app or some sort? It's a site-based calculator. And I mean, truth be told, I was listening to a Neil Patel webinar on SEO and I kind of got the idea for it. So um, I'm a dork, but I think it'll be really valuable because I know that, you know, when you're cooking, it's all about getting, you know, you want to know what that internal temperature is. Um, and once you meet that, you can pull the meat off and then you're, you're going to eliminate the, the, the opportunity to overcook something or undercook it. If you know that right temperature that you need to hit. And then of course, I always recommend using an internal meat thermometer. Um, but that's, I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Um, and I think it's going to be great for traffic too, of course. So I, um, stay tuned. It's, it's going to launch this week. All right. It's going to launch. Do, do we have a solidified day and date or are we still sketching that out probably by friday i mean it could go live today probably but i want to tweak it a little bit all right and so once again the grill girl barbecue calculator grill girl barbecue calculator so i'll go there i'll say i have a 12 pound prime rib and then it's going to give me an an idea of how long it's going to take to get to my medium rare temperature for instance, I'm going to give you the internal temperature that you need to hit and optimal wood pairing. I'm not going to tell oh, you how okay. long. Okay. Um, just because I feel like there's too many variables to go there. I still feel like there's, I don't want to do the time yet for anything because it, that's, that's time and temperature. Maybe oh. that's my, my next iteration, the 2.0 version of the barbecue calculator. All right. So, uh, make sure that you are following Robin on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook so you can or whatever platform you like to follow people on. And uh, I would imagine once it's released, you'll tell everybody on those social media channels and then everybody can race over and start messing around with the, with the grill girl, uh, uh, calculator. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I will say too, I'm, I'm really, um, other things you'll see I'm doing, I'm really focusing on females this year and, and trying to highlight more girls grilling. Um, cause it's, it is grillgirl.com, right? And it's 2020. And uh, I did start a Facebook group called Girls Who Grill, and there's a lot of really cool females there. They're not all competition cooks. It's all kinds of different ladies, but it's a very supportive environment, and it's really taking off. Um, and you will see – and actually, this came from going to the Shed Steak Down – Shed Steak Showdown. Um, I interviewed Kathy Pullen. I don't know if you know of her, but she's, she's a competition cook, but she's um, – She's like, she's just, she's such an inspiration and such a fighter and she's a domestic uh, violence um, survivor Mm. and um, an advocate, you know, for, and, and so a lot of the stuff she does in barbecue, um, she, she spreads the message. um, And anyway, so I'm going to be, I have an interview with her 
um, coming up soon on that'll be on. She shared her uh, turkey one or turkey lasagna uh, recipe that she entered into or wonton turkey lasagna recipe made in muffin cups, which is kind of cool um, that she actually had as her turn in um, for the turkey category at the shed steak showdown. So we're just being, yeah, the site is it's, it's, we're the sum of all the parts and we all rise together. Right. So I liked, I'm really wanting to highlight other females and, and also just really great cooks. There's a lot of cooks out there. Um, I have a whole smoked alligator recipe coming from one of a new contributing writer. Wow. Um, but I think it will be really damn cool. Yeah. Right. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Uh, visit grillgirl.com, Won't you? And in the meantime, you can find Robin right here on the third Tuesday of every month following Barbecue Hall of Famer Stephen Riegel. Uh Can you give me, Robin, in like 20 seconds, could you give me somebody you would nominate for the Barbecue Hall of Fame this year? Uh, American Royal is just now uh, allowed voting or, or nomination. So who, who are you nominating this year? Give me a name. For the Barbecue Hall of Fame? Yes. I would say... And I don't know if he's been noted. This is just off the cuff. I don't know if he's been nominated already or has ever made it, but I would say Malcolm Reed for what he has done as far as really um, making barbecue. So uh, uh, just really getting the word out there to so many people through his YouTube channel. Like he really is an inspiration to a lot of people. And so um, outside of just competition and stuff like that, I think a lot of people have learned the basics from him because he's teaching people. Yeah. All right. um, Malcolm so Reed. I, thought, I like and he's also just a really nice guy. Yes, absolutely. He's a great guy. Shows up here once a month, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Again, grillgirl.com is Robin's website. Be on the lookout for the new calculator and look for her next month. Robin, always appreciate the time. Love you, Greg. All right. Take care. <laughs> Can't say that to me. Uh, grillgirl.com is the website. And we got to make up a little time here. We should be all right. The new Grill Girl. Meat Calculator. Be on the lookout. Follow her socially. As soon as it's released, you'll be notified. You can start messing around. We'll be back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. Be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. Well, now I want to know what Guy the Cooking Sam said. He's retracted his message in the instant chat, and I got to know what he said. Missed it. This segment brought to you by Fireboard. Up to six different temperatures are monitored simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home. You're in luck because it's fully integrated with both. Find out more or order by going to fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. That's 816-945-2232. As we thank Robin Lindars again for joining me last segment. Once again, if you want to check out the new calculator coming from Robin over at grillgirl.com, follow her socially or make sure you're checking out her website. It's launching this week. She said she could launch it already today, but she hasn't. Tweaking a little bit here and there. And then... 
by Friday. So we have a 72-hour window right now before it's all out there. We're racing to the second hour. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Hang on.